une caresse pour décoller. Si tu veux te réchauffer, faut savoir bien piguiner. C'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour le moral. Good morning on Tuesday, the 2nd of March 2021. Welcome to West Coast Radio 92.1 in the Gambia, where the time is 8 a.m. This is Coffee Time with me, Peter Gomez, and my loyal headline partners, OIC Gambia and Banjul Shipyard Company Limited. We also have the support of ECOWAS Brown Card and Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry. Gambia may be the smallest country in Africa, but it will host the second largest gathering of world leaders in 2022 to successfully host the OIC Summit. The government of the Gambia set up OIC Gambia to mobilize resources for the implementation of key development and infrastructure projects on a scale never seen before. 20 new roads will be constructed across the country, and the Bertel Harding Highway will be expanded into a dual carriage highway of two lanes on each side from the airport to Sting Corner. All people in the Gambia deserve clean water and a constant flow of electricity. Therefore, an entirely new water system will be constructed, including new transmission and distribution networks to meet the increasing demand. In order to provide a more reliable supply of electricity, the OIC Gambia project will replace and double the capacity of the Nawak transformers and overhead electric cables. We will equip the police with modern apparatus and technical training in an effort to keep the streets of the Gambia safe. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Bandul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Ports Authority, delivering excellent services to marine and industrial servicing. Our services also include welding and carpentry. Our welding works includes fabrication of tanks for petrol stations, marine buoys, roof trusses, buckler proofs, steel gates, and many more. Our carpentry workshop provides office furniture, such as filing cabinets of all sizes, junior executive decks, household furniture, bedroom sets, kitchen sets, roofing works, school furniture, and many more. With Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, we get it done for you, so worry no more. For more information, call 997-7271 or 790-6256. And coming up inside the first of our two hours together, the Gambia's oldest party is not a symbol of unity as the perceived loser of the PPP's chaotic elective congress declares herself the new leader in defiance of official results which give victory and therefore the leadership to her sole rival, Keba Jalo. We'll hear the reasons of a defiant Tumanjai. No animosities at the APP's Congress, only a smooth transition from founder Dr. Gumbo Ture to Dr. Ibrahim Jang at the top of the pile. After the syringes come the vials. Over 20,000 doses of vaccines on their way to the Gambia to help ward off coronavirus in the country. Why do you buy insurance only to be on your own after an accident? As promised, we have an expert to tackle two questions about insurance from last week's program. And a Dio Duayen, Gambian journalism hit by a big loss as Batarawale leaves Mother Earth at a grand old age of 90. Tributes have been flowing into the program. 
We will also have the newspaper front pages, but no OIC Gambia focus this week as the editor is busy on another assignment. So that's your opening hour today. And then for the remaining hour, we'll welcome the Ibrahimas and hopefully your questions for them. And that is your lineup for this Tuesday morning, the 2nd of March, 2020. The ECOWAS Brown Card Scheme is an extension of domestic motor third-party liability insurance covers within the ECOWAS subregion. The scheme was established by the Protocol on Free Movement of Goods and Persons across ECOWAS national boundaries to facilitate economic integration. Each ECOWAS member state therefore has a national office coordinating its activities. So in the event of an accident with another ECOWAS motorist, immediately contact the National Bureau of the country where the accident occurs. You are guaranteed immediate assistance and payment of any civil liability claim arising from the accident. The contact details of all national bureaus are at the back of the ECOWAS Bound Card Certificate. For more information, please contact National Bureau ECOWAS Bound Card Insurance Scheme at 10 C. Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul, or telephone 4201637-707-1004, or email info at ECOWASBoundCard.gm or samsehu at msn.com. For over 50 years, the Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry has been the voice of business in the Gambia. Always happy to be at the heart of trade facilitation for Gambian entrepreneurs. On January 1st, 2021, trading under the Africa Continental Free Trade Area formally began. The AFCFTA lowers trade barriers and promotes regional economic integration. The GCCI is pleased to inform local businesses entrepreneurs and our 2.2 million population that they can all benefit from the AFCFTA's trade facilitation. As the approved national competent authority for the issuance and management of the AFCFTA rules of origin certificate, the GCCI will give free guidance to every Gambian business, entrepreneur and individual who needs it. For more information and regular updates on the AFCFTA, visit GCCI at Kerjula Bijilo or www.gcci.gm. Something tells me you might have heard the 2nd of March 2020 going into that break. No, this is not a repeat program. It's a live program. Today is the 2nd of March 2021. So let's start this current paper review with the voice, which we didn't have on Monday. Leadership crisis in PPP again. Ministry of Health receives 37 COVAX syringes. Lone survivor of 2005 testifies before the TRRC. Chambers urges Gambians to build consensus ahead of December elections. Kuntawu residents express dismay at $50 million NDMA project. And GLMA presents report to National Assembly Committee. That's today's The Voice front page. Here is that of Foraya. Tumanjai rejects. PPP's new executive. Police grant bail to residents of Basori who were arrested amid land dispute. Former crime management coordinator describes killing of West African migrants as callous. State lawyer examines Young Sture. Gambia registers 17th political party and Gambia Press Union mourns the death of veteran journalist Bart Tarawale. And that was Foraya's front cover. We pick up the point next and here it says... Ghanaian survivor recalls the massacre of West African migrants. New political party registered. Ministry of Higher Education debunks fake news on UTG scholarship. 
An ex-police investigator explains massacre of West African migrants. And that's the, front, the, po the points front page this morning. And finally, the standard UDP to reject draft, draft constitution that is, if altered. 30,000 COVID vaccines due today to Manjai Forms' rival PPP executive, one more political party formed, ex-police coordinator weeps at horrific memory of Ghanaian migrants' massacre, and longest surviving Gambian journalist, Ba Tarawale, dies. And with the Standard's front page, we end our review, thanks to the Standard, the Point, Foraya, and the Voice. If you need services of machine shop, worry no more. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Ports Authority, delivering excellent services to marine and industrial servicing. We have sofas grinding for top cylinder heads, threading of pipes, shafts and nuts, machining of axle for trucks, regrouping of pistons, pressing works, drilling works, wheel drum and dig scheming. Our electrical workshop does repair and servicing of electronic equipment, wiring of buildings, electrical installation works, and many more. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, we are your solution to marine and industrial services. For more information, call 997-7271 or 790-6256. Building the largest international conference center in the region, a five-star hotel with state-of-the-art facilities, first-class mobility services, and improving the VVIP experience at the Banjul International Airport, OIC Gambia will position the Gambia as the leading conference destination in West Africa. With our partners in the tourism sector, we will reinforce the preeminent position of our nation, the Smiling Coast, as a go-to destination. The OIC Gambia will create strategic partnerships that calls for the involvement of local talent and businesses as a matter of requirement. In short, OIC Gambia projects will create jobs, boost commerce, accelerate growth, improve the urban outlook and lifestyles of many families across the Gambia. So let's support the OIC Gambia as it prepares us for one of the biggest global events. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. OIC Gambia and Banjul Shipyard Company Limited are the main sponsors of the program. But, of course, if you have a business and you're looking for the right platform to advertise your products or services, this is that right platform. Coffee Time with Peter Gomez. Get in touch with us either on 787-0107. Speak to a nice young man called Gibril Jassy or 9910959 and speak to me. Uh, that's 787-0107. And speak to Gibril Jassy or 9910959. Our time is 12 minutes past 8 o'clock on Tuesday, the 2nd of March, 2021. Fatuma Tenjai is not accepting her defeat in Saturday's leadership contest by the PPP. The National Assembly member for Banjul South was outpolled 92 votes to 2 by her much older rival, Keba Jallo. But the lawmaker, also known as Tuma, says more than half the number of delegates did not vote, having decided to storm out of the Congress Hall with her. 
Well, Tuma believes older male members, including Omar Amadou Jallo or OJ, and our current fisheries minister, James Gomez, James Furmos Gomez, skewed the entire process in favor of her opponent. On Monday, just yesterday, she addressed a press conference to highlight some things she claims were wrong before declaring herself the new leader of the party. Now, this is the second time an elective Congress has ended up in disunion as far as the PPP is concerned. When former leader Papanjai defeated B.B. Dabo in similar fashion just over two years ago, Dabo went to court to contest his defeat and subsequently ditched the PPP and founded the Gambia for All GFA party. Well, Tumanjai for now says she's going nowhere, but that's probably because of uh, her belief she commands the support of the greater majority of members in officially declaring herself the new party boss. Well, Banna Sabali has again been talking to Tumanjai. So what are some of the things that we are lacking during the Congress to an extent that you have to walk out because you walked out of the Congress? Um, the abnormalities, because I will not participate in a, an election that was not conducted properly. I will not expect to have, I will not expect anybody to vote for any candidate if they are in their right minds without having heard from the candidates because I will not give my word without knowing what you can offer and what you can do for the party that I believe in. Like me, myself, I wouldn't have voted for anybody so I don't expect anybody to vote for me without me telling you what I can do for you. That was why the, the delegates walked out when their demands were not met. And if the delegates have had the um, dignity to walk out, I would also follow them to walk out because their belief is my belief. If you do not have members in the party, you will not have a party. And that trust I need to maintain with the delegates. That was why even some of the delegates probably that would have not voted for me walked out with me because they saw that dignity, that integrity in me that was lacking to the people that denied them their rights. So you mentioned things like the financial statement. That was also part of the reason why you walked out of the Congress. There was no financial statement presented. It was not even mentioned. And the state, um, if, you were, if you were following, um, at the Congress, there is no interim leader or leader because the, um, it would have been dissolved prior to the um, Congress. But one abnormality was that they asked the former interim leader to give a statement, and he would have been wise to give the statement of the state of affair of the party, but rather he went to tell people that he's never lost an election. I only ran for election once, and I never lost, and this was a clear win for me because I think um, I know there were over 200 and. 20 delegates, 220 something delegates, and he only got um, 90 votes. And I even wonder where they got that 90 votes because the whole delegates walked out with me. Actually, the whole gathering walked out with me. And if um, the intention was to show people who controlled PPP, I think it was clearly manifested that I controlled the PPP. <laughs> Talking about the delegates, you are alleged of you know, trying to induce some of them to vote for you. So could one say that's part of the reason why some of them walked out with you? I think if you know me, you will know that that is just uh, saying, wishful saying. That may be what they did. 
and they regretted because they are, if they had bribed them and they walked out on them, that would have been a wrong move. But I would never, never bribe anybody. That is not me. I wouldn't even bribe. Even if the police would arrest me in the street and expect me to give them something, I would go to the police station rather than bribe them and walk scot-free. That is me. I don't do bribery. So seemingly there is, a, there is two camps in PPP. Is this good for your party? I don't see a camp. I see my PPP, my party. That is why I said pending free and fair elections. And before the f- elections, I am the party leader. Because if we have seven regions, if all regional chairs nominate you as the, as the secretary general, then I am the secretary general. Because they cannot stand and say that I am with a regional chair. A political party comprises of members of all the regions, and I have the members of all the regions. And I was the one that actually gave the PPP the one and only councillor they had. Because there are some people in the party, if they campaign for you, you are, you are likely, very likely, you are even bound to lose because of their utterances. Politics have changed. We now do politics of policy not politics of this. Um, some do not have politics of integrity. I don't see the PPP of the Sadauda as it is now. I see a new concept of PPP, a PPP of deceit, a PPP of greed, a PPP of selfishness, probably a PPP of job-seeking. Job-seeking, is, is that part of the Papanjai issue? Papanjai issue, because if you are not employed... And you lead a party. A party should be a government in waiting. You must have something that you depend on to feed the party. You don't expect the party to feed you. And also the PPP of the state, because we said that the PPP was going to be handed to the younger generation, and then you took it from the, uh, the younger generation and given it to um, I don't know what generation I would say. Because for me, even if I had taken over the party, it would only be for five years, six years, because I'm 50 years old, and I do not expect to lead the party until I'm 60. Come on, we need to groom the next generation. We need to groom the young. We need to groom more women. We need to look at Bakari here. He's a youth. He's very dynamic. Why? What is stopping us from grooming him? What is stopping us from teaching these young boys how to lead us, how to help us? Because it will ease the burden on us. So, so now, what are the steps that you are taking to to ensure that you gain justice? Because you are rejecting Kebajal. I have sent. I have written a letter to the IEC. It's not about going the legal the justice route, like going to the courts, because I believe that as PPP, we must do the party right. We mustn't go to court between us. We should sit and agree and look at the best interest of the party. And if you look at this press briefing now, and you see all regions represented by their chairs themselves, you would know where they want the party to head, who, where, who they want to lead them. So you, you have an interim team, you, you call it. So who, who are these people? You and who, who else? Myself as the party leader and Pao Saho as the deputy party leader, Sheikh Manka as the treasurer and then as we go by the end of the week we will appoint the others and establish a national executive committee going forward. So you, you mentioned one important thing during your press conference. You mentioned the issue of trust. You said trust is a problem in the PPP. Can you enlighten us about this problem of trust in your party? Trust 
It's when you say something and you keep your word. If you keep flip-flopping, people will not trust what you say. I will give the example. Last two years, it was given to Papa Njai because of the belief that we are giving it to the young. So it is not trustworthy when they revert back and give it to a man over 60. And that is, I think, vomiting and then eating your vomit. I said it in Parliament once, and people were not happy. But I think that is exactly what the PPP have done. And I am a part of the PPP, so in effect I am part of that. That is why I walked out and said I will not be part and parcel of this. I would have won the elections outright, but I cannot win. I do not want to win under abnormal conditions. Even if I had won the elections, I would have called for another election. That is how I am to maintain my integrity. Because your integrity lives beyond you. You die, but people will still remember what you did. And whatever you do wrong will remain. So, so finally, what will be your message out there, especially to the PPP supporters who are now wondering who is who? Uh, the PPP supporters are here. They are in the regions. And their, chair, their chairman are here with me. Their chairpersons are here with me. So I'm not talking about the people that are in PPP. I'm talking about the people that we are going to attract, the people that we are left behind due to the lack of trust in the party. PPP is loved, but the leadership is yet, is yet to be desired. Those are the people that I want to talk to, that they are in safe hands now. They can come and join the party and make it the PPP that the founders envisaged, not the PPP of singing and dancing, but the PPP of policies, strategic and the way forward for a better Gambia. That's Honorable Tumanjai, member for Banjul South and self-declared leader of the Gambia's independence and longest surviving political party, the People's Progressive Party or PPP. One of the uh, old heads she holds responsible for the current crisis gripping the party is Omar Amadujalo OJ, who we've been trying on the telephone all morning uh, but couldn't reach, and we were, told that, we were told that normally he doesn't wake up early, and for somebody his age, that is understandable. But um, another person held culpable by uh, Tumanjai is the Honorable James Formos Gomez, the current Minister of Fisheries, of the Republic of the Gambia. He's on the line to the program. Good morning, James. Good morning, Peter. Thank you very much for joining us and uh, putting aside your official work. We'll go through this very quickly. Um, a lot, lots of allegations there against um, the old guard, including yourself. But first, I mean, you were at Brikamaba on Saturday. What actually happened, according to James Formos Gomez, at the Congress? Well, thank you very much, Peter. Normally, you know, I had decided not to continue giving interviews, but mm -hmm. since I was mentioned as one of the culprits, I want to clarify something. Now, we went to this Congress, and before we went to the Congress, we took almost one year to look at the constitution of the, of the party. And everybody was involved, those in the Gambia and those in the diaspora. Finally, when we had the draft, we looked at it as a central committee, which included Honorable Tumanjai. And in the Constitution, it was said that uh, delegates would vote by raising of hands. And this is a very normal issue. The whole world over, when a delegate goes to a Congress, you don't go by your own mandate. 
you go by the mandate of the people who sent you. And that is why you don't vote by secret. You cannot say any party in the whole world that will go to a Congress and vote by secret vote. Now, secret vote is when you have elections for MPs and others, that is your personal mandate. I own my card. I decide where to put it. But when you are a delegate, and that is why they are called delegates, you are delegated by people to go and do something. You don't do that in secret because the people who sent you must see what you are doing. So I introduced, my role in the uh, Congress was to introduce the Constitution. I introduced the Constitution and I told the Congress the process that was taken. And then I said, okay, we want acclamation because everybody was involved so that we can start the Congress. Following that, Honorable Tumanjai got up and said, no, the Constitution must provide that we uh, vote by secret ballot. Uh, after she spoke, I, I, I again explained. I said, even in Parliament, you vote by raising of hands. Everywhere you go, any Congress, is the same thing. She again refuted, but then again, uh, Honorable uh, uh, um, uh, Mohammed now raised to say, even in Parliament, we vote publicly. It's not a secret vote. So finally, I, I, when I, the concern was acclaimed, the, the Congress continued. Then when we came to the time of voting, she stood up again and said, no, they should be allowed, she should be allowed to speak to the delegates before the voting. You don't see that happening anywhere in the world. You campaign for, for people, by the time they come to Congress, they have decided who they are going to vote for. You don't come on the day of Congress anywhere in the world and start campaigning and telling people this is what I'm going to do if, if I am uh, elected. But she claims Keba Jalo was allowed to address uh, delegates. No, no, no. Keba Jalo was an interim party leader after Ndiaye. Keba Jalo was giving a report. And actually, Honorable Tumanjai saw the program of the Congress. And in the program of the, of the Congress, there is no provision for any candidate to stand and uh, uh, tell the people why they should vote for you. Everybody should know that, including yourself, Peter. You don't wait until election day, you start campaigning. Even elections, they would have a close-up day, that a day before the election, nobody will campaign. You don't go to the platform now and start campaigning. But, I mean, that's beside the point. We wanted an election. Unfortunately, uh, Honorable Tuma didn't want an election, and uh, she said, unless we vote secret ballot, she will not participate. And she left with her people, and then, but of course, the, the majority of people stayed. Oh, she's, and the results are clear. She's claiming, uh, she, she's claiming that she went, she went out with a majority of, uh, of the delegates, because if there were um, more than 200 uh, delegates eligible to vote, and there were only 96 votes cast, because I think, no, 94. Keba had 92, and Tuma had nine, only two, according to your results. So if there were more than 200 people and only 94 people cast their ballots... No, no we, didn't, we didn't have all the constituencies in, at the Congress. Five of the constituencies didn't come. Some constituencies came with two people, some consequences came with three people. 
And we are, we are going to give a report of all that to show how everything happened. Because frankly speaking, PP is not a party that will go on social media to argue about what is right okay, that, and what is wrong. That would be the right decision. But is it in your constitution that you could go ahead with, uh, with, with, with Congress if you have less than half uh, the total membership in attendance? Only less that, than half the total membership? That's what I'm telling you. It's not less than half. You have 54 constituencies. Mm. If five didn't come, you are left with 49. And some delegates came two, some delegates came three. Yeah, that is, I would call that nominal uh, representation. That's not That's the... right. Oh, so, that, that is okay with PPP. Of, no, of course, because it is the Congress was attended by all the delegates. When you walk out, mm. you are walking out of a Congress. Okay. Do you expect people to, to say, no, no, there is no Congress because people walked out? She now declares herself leader, so in effect, two leaders, one small party now, because PPP is no more the dominant force it used to be uh, during the Dauda Kairaba Jawara days. I mean, how are you going to manage this? Two leaders, one small party. Um, Peter, I don't want to comment on that. I belong to one party, which is the PPP, and the uh, elected leader of the PPP is Keba Jang. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, Tuma now uh, describes the party she belongs to as a party of greedy people, party of people looking for jobs. And um, I would understand why he would say that. The previous leader, uncontested, well, uncontested might be the wrong word, um, uh, ended up taking up an ambassadorial position. Keba Jalo is currently without a job as far as we know. Could he be gunning for a borough appointment like Papanjai before him? That's why he's fighting you know, sometimes nail. Peter, we forget the history of this government. This government is a coalition government, and PPP was part of the coalition. I am in cabinet because I am PPP. Nothing stops the press executive to elect anybody who is member of the coalition to any job. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, what saying. that's what we are saying. So Keba currently is without a job, so he is now... Um, recognized by yourself and OJ, dominant forces still in the party, as the official leader. So tomorrow, uh, President Barrow could offer him a position because he's now the, the leader of the PPP. So, well, now, do you want your radio to be a speculative radio? No, it's not. About I'm just, tomorrow? No, I'm just asking you. I'm, I'm no, just... no, no, you don't, you don't ask about tomorrow. I don't know, you don't know. I know about now. Well, tomorrow is not I... yet here, but what everybody's yeah. wish for me is for the radio to also have a television station. That is a good wish. And uh, if Keba is... A wish. If Keba uh, is... That, that, that is a wish. Are you wishing, are you wishing Keba a job? Well, I'm just asking you, what if that... No, that's what I'm saying. What if that... I don't want to talk about tomorrow because I don't know. I'm a human being like you. I only talk about what I know. What I know now is that Keva Jalo is the leader of the PPP. Yes, he is. Yes. Okay. Let me rephrase the question. If President Barrow were to appoint him to whatever position tomorrow, would you be happy for him? And that is speculative again. If. <laughs> okay. Um, if, 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 if I were to, okay. to be said to be vice president tomorrow... Okay, let's deal with a fact then. Um, years ago, when Papanjai was being positioned to, to, to take over the leadership, the argument from OJ, the argument from you was, it was about time the PPP was headed by young people. We seem to have, you know, rolled 
you know, those years back because Keba is definitely not a young person. He has your backing. He has OJ's backing. But Peter, yep. you see what the young people are doing. What are they doing? This country was given to a young person and we know what happened to us in 22 years. Yeah, but if you want to be a leader, yeah, James, listen, you, you, you have st- to be led. You have to accept James, to be led. Unfortunately, you took that decision long after the leader you referred to had been, you know, booted out of office. So, I mean, no. why are you only you thinking about that now? You know, when you say you took a le- uh, the decision, mm. a party is not a one-man business. A party belongs to the members. If the members make their choice, who is James Gomez? or OJ to say, no, you should not do this. We are not a dictatorship. If the party make a choice, we accept the choice of the party. So she's, and that's what happened the whole world over. Mm-hmm. So she's written to the IEC. What if the IEC were to come back? Now, there's an if in this one. Let me see how you deal with this. What if the IEC were to come back and say, well, uh, we do not uh, accept the process of last Saturday as legitimate, go back to Congress, and then, you know, you have, you, to, you have to go you, back. But you know that's not possible. Oh, that's not possible. IEC does not own parties. We register with them. They, they have regulations. We told them about our Congress. They were represented at the Congress. Mm. She also said that no financial report was presented at the Congress. How this, correct is that this? That is very true. Because the present uh, 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 treasurer, the treasurer before the Congress, was indisposed. He couldn't come to the, the meeting. Now, we cannot present a report when the treasurer, who was supposed to come and present the report, says he was sick, he cannot come. So what do we do? And we said the report will be given to the new executive and they will publish it. According, that was said at the Congress. According to Tuma, the PPP is struggling financially. There's no doubt about that. For years and years and years, we knew that two people carried the party in the persons of yourself and OJ. Uh, Keba doesn't seem to have, you know, the financial muscle, the two of you, the connections the two of you have. So what's the future? Peter, of I the- will not discuss on the air the finances of the PPP and who provides money for us. Even at the Congress, mm. I thanked people who gave us support for the Congress to be organized. Mm-hmm. We still have people giving money to the party. Okay. Organizing a Congress is not taking fit, and it's not only OJ and me who can put our money to organize a Congress mm. and feed, feed over 400 people. Mm. No, no, no. The okay. party has people who still believe in the ideals of the party, and they are giving us support. And we thank them for what they are doing for the party. And I am sure they will not be happy if I can come to the radio today and start saying XYZ is giving money to PVP. You can tell them I give money, even though I don't give a butut. No, I will not say you, because you know you don't. <laughs> no, but on a, on a serious note, the future of the PPP, like any other party, lies in its youth membership, right? Now, Which we have a lot of... of. And the And the majority of youth, you know, apparently are with Tuma. No, and but that's not true. Because is, the delegates is that state. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of audios going down. Mm. And if you see them, you will see the people who stayed. 
You want to tell me Mohammed now, who is the deputy secretary general, party leader? He's a young he's man. He's an old person. No, he's a young man. He's definitely a you young man. You want to tell me uh, that uh, uh, Amidjalo, the treasurer, is an old person? Unfortunately, I don't know her. So I can't, I yeah, can't remember yet. In fact, apart from maybe Duta Kamaso mm. and Keva, the rest of the team are all young people. And that is very good in our society. Because they say, So what happens post Keba Jalo? I mean, how long can Keba Jalo be expected to lead the PPP? And when will the PPP finally resolve to letting young people, you know, run the party on a sustainable basis, on a sustained basis? Well, this party is being run on a sustainable basis. That is why we are still here. No, People it, forget the history. When can a young man or young, was the only party. or young woman be at the apex, at the very top? That is for, not for me to decide. I am retiring. I am at the retirement age now. Mm. I will be a supporter of the party and an advisor if they need my advice. But I will not be actively involved in politics after the next election. Mr. James Fumos Gomez, thank you very much uh, for your time this morning. Thank you very and, much. And uh, we wish the uh, party, the PPP, uh, luck in future. Thank you very much. All right, that's James Furmos Gomez. He's the minister responsible for uh, fisheries, water resources, and um, national assembly affairs on behalf of uh, the president. Now, in contrast to the PPP's implosion, if you like, there was smooth transition in the All People's Party, APP, as one doctor happily stepped aside for another doctor to take over at the top of the party. We'll talk to the new APP leader next. For more than 50 years, the Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry has championed the rights of women in business. Every year, the GCCI recognizes their growing importance with the Business Woman of the Year Award. To further empower women in business, the GCCI, in partnership with UNDP, has launched a Women's Business Advocacy, or WBA, campaign. With this campaign, the GCCI seeks to challenge structural barriers and stereotypical patterns that hinder the promotion of women's participation and leadership in economic activities. The Women's Business Advocacy, therefore, will help excluded women to enter the business sphere and show their leadership skills, taking advantage of the enabling and supportive environment created by the GCCI. ECOWAS Brown Card Insurance Scheme allows motorists to travel across ECOWAS countries with the guarantee that third-party accident victims are compensated. Under the directive of the Central Bank of the Gambia, National Bureau has started implementation of the automatic issuance of ECOWAS Brown Card Certificate to all motorists taking the local third-party motor insurance policy at a cost of not more than $325. This is an ECOWAS agreement signed by the authorities of ECOWAS Heads of States. The rationale is that we are in an ECOWAS space where even if you don't travel outside your country, foreign motorists may enter your country and cause an accident which may affect you. For more info, contact Gambia National Bureau ECOWAS Brown Insurance Scheme at 10 C Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul. Or telephone 4201637-707104-3077781. Or email info at ECOWASBrownCard.gm or samsehu at msn.com. 
40 minutes past 8 is our time. Coffee time with Peter Gomez live on West Coast Radio 92.1, courtesy of OIC Gambia and Banjul Shipyard Company Limited. The All People's Party, APP, has a new leader after its founder and first secretary, Dr. Gumbo Ture, decided to stand down and hand over the party reins to another doctor, to whom Alhaji Kohli successfully reached out last night. Uh, thank you very much, Alhaji. Uh, it's my pleasure uh, uh, that you uh, uh, interviewing me uh, on your radio station. My name is Dr. Ibrahim Jain, also known as Baidiran. Most people call me Baidiran. Um, I was born in Bansang when my father was at Amity School as a principal. So I was born in 1950. Doctor, you seem to have a very rich CV. I know. <laughs> Honestly, uh, your CV is quite very interesting. But first, you are a qualified doctor. What interested you to involve into politics? Well, it's very interesting. I never had much interest in politics uh, until recently. But let me tell you something. When I go to Spain, I don't know, uh, maybe it was because I was in a strange land having to learn Spanish. I said not only was I reading medicine or Spanish, I was, I was reading uh, books on economics, books on politics. Uh, that was where I read the, the uh, uh, Frank Fanon's book of Richard of the Earth. I read uh, Susan George's book of How the Order Half Dies. Uh, I read Anthony Joe's book of the origin of, Western, of African civilization. I read Kuan Nkrumah's book. Even I read Mao's books. Red book. I remember that. And I, I, I just was reading. Because, you know, I was in Spain. All I was doing was studying. So when I went to the United States, that kind of died out because uh, I was then more into medicine and very, very busy, actually, with my medical work, my medical studies. But, um, of course, the 22 years that we have of, of dictatorship was very traumatic. Uh, my dream was always to come back home and offer to my country with all the experience I have. Um, but just, just before, I, before I get there, let me tell you another thing that happened. Uh, I, I, I happened to uh, work in the United Kingdom for five to eight, seven years, uh, in a couple of years. But before that, I came home uh, in, in 1994. My father died in 1993. Then I said, okay, I'm going to go home. When I came in 1993, Lamin Health Center, Lamin had, had a building, Lamin Community had put a building. But the PP government told them that they, they couldn't put a hospital or a clinic here. So I took over that and recruited in America uh, volunteered nurses and doctors and brought them and we opened the Lemon Health Center. Uh, at that time, patients were paying $25. You pay $25 um, and you see a doctor and you get all the medications that we can give. Otherwise, you write a prescription. Um, I had no sponsor. Uh, that was entirely until, until my, my money. And uh, the volunteers that come, I had to host them and lodge them and feed them. Uh, most of them sometimes would bring some supplies. That was very helpful. Now, it was then that I started to think politics. But let me say one thing. It, during that period, I'm not going to name any political parties, but I had three uh, visits by political parties asking me to join them. Yeah, and I told them, no, um, I'm not into politics. Uh, uh, to make it short, Yajame, the, the ex-president, also visited Lamin. He was very impressed. He was impressed because he wanted to offer me uh, an air condition because it was very hot in the clinic. I told him, no. He said, why? I said, I don't need it. He said, I think our, our electricity is so poor, it cannot even put our lights on. Then he said, okay, I give you a, a generator with the air condition. I said, no, that's going to solve my need, and I don't need it. He said, really? I said, no. 
He said, okay. Then he went around, he was impressed. He, he saw our albums. I talk about, he saw the volunteers. And uh, before he left, he said, Doctor, I'm going to give you something that you will refuse. I said, okay. Then he said, I give an ambulance. I said, perfect. Because I was using my car when patients uh, need to be transported bundle, I was using my car. Uh, I would either drive it myself or we don't have an ambulance. I look for the volunteer to take my car and uh, take the patients to Bandu. So that was a very welcome gift. It was to the community of Lamin uh, for the clinic. And uh, soon after that, uh, the APRC youth and other people start insinuating and telling me that they have a feeling that the president wants me to, to join the government. In fact, I remember the A, the, the a youth, Lamin youth a, a a APRC came to me on a very busy Thursday because I didn't used to work Friday. I was working on Friday and Sunday, yes, but Friday we took off because we had to do a Friday prayer. So I was began working Friday. So they wanted me to, the president actually requested that I sit next to him. I think that was the day he was going to break the ice. But I didn't go because I, I felt that I was not going to enter politics. So I didn't go. Um, but soon after that, I felt unsecured. Very much unsecured because I, people told me a lot of things. I'm not going to go through uh, about some investigation they, they're doing on me. So I decided to leave the country. That is around 2006. Uh, I left, I went back to the state, and I worked there, and I would come every six months. You know, I know occasionally some military men would call me and say, Dr. Jai, enter. I say, Yes, what do you want? He said, We're just checking with you. It's fine. <laughs> so, but my life was in danger. I know that. Uh, I'm Pasala's. You know Pastor Ajayi, the former IG? Yeah. Yeah, he's my first cousin. And I remember one time when I came, they started asking about him on the phone. I said, I don't know, I, I saw him, but I, he's not here with me. Anyway, now the reason I entered politics, I've, it's like a call, to be honest. And the last five years, I have constantly been thinking about what, I, what else I can do. I felt there's a vacuum. There's something more I can do. Because the fact is, I said, doctor, you treat one patient. He's well, the family is happy. When a man comes, you treat him, he's well, and the family's happy. If you're an electrician, you go to your home, you fix the electricity, they're happy. If you're a mechanic, you help one person happy. If you're, if you're in politics, the whole nation is in your hands. The whole nation. Mm-hmm. So I felt, why don't I think about politics? But before I really uh, made up my mind, I've been thinking of writing books, and I started them. One I called the Imperial Foreign Aid Syndrome. The Imperial Foreign Aid Syndrome. Mm. And what I, what I meant by that is uh, the foreign aid they give us, we think it's helping. It doesn't help in any way. It actually makes us worse. But what the saying is, if you want to help someone, don't feed him with a fish. Show him how to fish. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then only that, when they give foreign aid, they give conditions. They condition you to use it the way they want. Mm. So my thinking of politics actually uh, has started five years ago. So I've been reading all this political material. material. And the second uh, in, in New York, I was sitting down thinking, when am I going to break the ice and get into politics? Then my friend, who, who is a, who was my classmate at Amity School, Gumbo, called me, or I called him. Either way, it doesn't matter. Then he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I, was in, I was in New York then. Well, I, I just came back from work, and I'm resting. i just thinking of, you know, the country. And he said, yeah. He said, I told him, you know what? For some reason, I'm getting very political at my age. <laughs> this I should have done 40 years ago. But for some reason, I'm just each day, it looks like something is calling me to join politics. He said, that's interesting. He said, we just saw a party. We're forming a party. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, okay. 
send me the documents and let me take a look uh, uh, what your party looks like and maybe I'll be interested. So that's how we started. Then I joined, I joined, I joined the organization that they had. Uh, I think it was called the Association for Better Gambia, which then they proceeded to to, to name it uh, All Africa, All All People's Party. Uh, I came, I joined them, uh, 2018, 2019, and to my surprise, in my absence, actually, I was then uh, back in New York. They unanimously nominated me, the the the, the interim uh, the interim uh, uh, executive nominated me to be deputy um, party leader to Gumbo. So I was I, I was honored and I accepted it. So in a nutshell, that's how I joined. Uh, and how I started to be political. And he is Dr. Ibrahim Jang, the new APP uh, leader. Now, if you thought 16 political parties was a bit oversubscribed for a nation of about a million voters, you'll have to think again, because the IEC has just upped that figure to 17 with the admittance of the Democratic Party, DP. The new party will have light blue and black as its official colors, a flashlight as its symbol, and the words Awakening Gambia as its motto. The party is currently under the leadership of one Yusuf Adiba, who has made Brikama the party's official headquarters. And with that, we pack up and put politics aside temporarily and turn to other issues affecting our lives, like health coronavirus and the clamor for vaccines for our people. Coffee Time with Peter Gomez, live on West Coast Radio 92.1 on Tuesday, the 2nd of March 2021, comes courtesy of uh, OIC Gambia and Banjul Shipyard Company Limited. Gambia may be the smallest country in Africa, but it will host the second largest gathering of world leaders in 2022 to successfully host the OIC Summit. The government of the Gambia set up OIC Gambia to mobilize resources for the implementation of key development and infrastructure projects on a scale never seen before. 20 new roads will be constructed across the country, and the Bertel Harding Highway will be expanded into a dual carriage highway of two lanes on each side from the airport to Sting Corner. All people in the Gambia deserve clean water and a constant flow of electricity. Therefore, an entirely new water system will be constructed, including new transmission and distribution networks to meet the increasing demand. In order to provide a more reliable supply of electricity, the OIC Gambia project will replace and double the capacity of the Nawak transformers and overhead electric cables. We will equip the police with modern apparatus, a technical training and an effort to keep the streets of the Gambia safe. OIC Gambia, building today for a better tomorrow. Banjul Shipyard Company Limited, a subsidiary of the Gambia Ports Authority. The Banjul Shipyard Company Limited specializes in marine services, such as shipbuilding, repairs and maintenance of vessels of all categories. We do marine diving services, production of diving oxygen for sale, inspection of underwater parts of vessels and many more. Our shipwright works include docking, restoring and maintaining vessels of different types. We are Bandul Shipyard Company Limited. We are your solution to marine and industrial services. For more information call 997-7271 or 
You're with West Coast Radio. Welcome back. Uh, let's correct one name we wrongly announced. The party leader of the Democratic Party is not Yusuf Diba, as I said, but uh, Yusuf Dumbuya. So Dumbuya for Diba. <laughs> I guess that underlines uh, just how new the party is. We've been struggling uh, to know the name of um, the uh, leader. Anyway, we will go into health in a bit. But first, the umbrella organization of media practitioners in the Gambia is this morning mourning the loss of another veteran journalist. Bad Tarawale is no more. He breathed his last on Monday after a life spanning nine decades. His mortal remains will be laid to rest later at 11 a.m., but his contribution to the development of Gambian journalism will live forever. The Press Union pays a fitting tribute to a colossus of Gambian journalism, and their tribute is read for us by Aji Jacob Khan. The Gambia Press Union is shocked and saddened to learn of the demise of veteran journalist Batarawale, the first treasurer of the union. The veteran journalist died on Monday at the age of 90. The burial is scheduled for 11 a.m. Tuesday. Ba, as he was fondly called, began his remarkable journalism career in 1961 with the establishment of his newspaper, New Gambia one of the first renowned independent newspapers in the Gambia. He dedicated pages of his tabloid newspaper to giving voice to the voiceless and holding governors accountable to the governed. A hallmark of Bath's professional life was selflessness and sacrifice for the development and independence of the Gambian media. And as a unionist, his commitment and dedication to the welfare of journalists is indelible. Speaking of Ba, GPU President Sirif Bojang Jr. said, The history of the Gambian media is incomplete without mentioning Batarawale. He lived for the good of journalism and press freedom, and his legacy of standing for all that was right for journalism would be long remembered. As a well-deserved tribute and honor to his dedication, service, and mentorship to journalism, the GPU, at the celebration of the 2017 National Journalism Awards Night, awarded Mr. Tarawale in recognition of his role in the development of journalism in the Gambia. As family and loved ones mourn his death, the GPU also celebrates Ba's legacy as a professional and progressive journalist who, despite the challenges of journalism of his time, never relent. We pray that God bless his soul and give him the highest place in Janatul Fridaus. The GPU will lead a delegation of journalists at his funeral on Tuesday. May his soul rest in peace. Aji Jacob there with um, the GPU's tribute to Ba Tarawale, who I last spoke to about a year and a half ago about this very program and how he enjoyed my exchanges with the two Ibrahimas who should be joining me in the studio uh, very soon. Well, the demise of Ba Tarawale leaves the Points co-founder and managing editor Pap Sen as the new reigning patriarch of Gambian journalism. He joins me now to remember a man he was close to and very fond of. Pap, good morning. Tell us about your memories of Batarawale. Okay, just when we thought we had um, uh, Pap Sen on the line, uh, we lost him. But um, Aji will come and help us get Pap uh, back on the line. And... Um, as if right on cue, we have uh, the two Ibrahimas 
strolling into the studio. Let's start with the Honorable Minister of um, Information, Ibrahim Asila, uh, knows Onyuba Tarawale very well. When we speak about him now, we have to speak in the past tense because he is no more. Good morning, Ibrahim. Good morning, Peter. Oh. Good morning, the other Ibrahim, Ibrahim Sankare, the, gov the Gambia government spokesman. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, where, where, where do you get your masks from? <laughs> you come with all these, uh, you know, unique masks. <laughs> all right. uh, but seriously, um, okay, I think we've got Pap back. Uh, good morning, Pap. Hello, good morning. Uh, yes, good morning, Pap. Very crackly line. But um, first and foremost, our condolences on the loss of a friend. How do you remember Batarawale? A good friend of mine. Uh, I can say my dad, uh, a mentor, uh, and everything. Really, he has done a lot for the development of education, journalism, and many things in this country. Even politics, mm. uh, as as GPU said mm. in their statement, he was a great uh, journalist. He worked for BBC during his days in the 70s. He had his paper called the New Gambia, and he defended the voiceless every time. He was uh, a great teacher also in Balangar. Some friends of Balangar liked. Uh, uh, Professor Sen and uh, Abdullah Tour, uh, uh, Oh, Pap, unfortunately the, uh, the telephone line is, uh, is deserting us. Uh, that was Pap Sen on a very crackly line. We do apologize for that. Um, well, the two Ibrahimas are in the studio. We'll uh, continue with them after another reminder that um, this program has the support of ECOWAS Brown Card and GCCI. The ECOWAS Brown Card Scheme is an extension of domestic motor third-party liability insurance covers within the ECOWAS sub-region. The scheme was established by the Protocol on Free Movement of Goods and Persons across ECOWAS national boundaries to facilitate economic integration. Each ECOWAS member state therefore has a national office coordinating its activities. So in the event of an accident with another ECOWAS motorist, immediately contact the National Bureau of the country where the accident occurs. You are guaranteed immediate assistance and payment of any civil liability claim arising from the accident. The contact details of all national bureaus are at the back of the ECOWAS Bound Card Certificate. For more information, please contact National Bureau ECOWAS Bound Card Insurance Scheme at 10 C. Nelson Mandela Street, Banjul, or telephone 4201637-707-1004, or email info at ECOWASBoundCard.gm or samsehu at msn.com. As the voice of business in the Gambia for over 50 years, the Gambia Chamber of Commerce and Industry is always at the heart of trade facilitation for Gambian entrepreneurs. It's 9 o'clock. Welcome to the second hour of um, West Coast Radio's Coffee Time with uh, Peter Gomez. We'll be talking to the Ibrahimers very soon, but something very important to talk about in the area of health. And a new development in the country's march towards acquiring vaccines for its people. Well, yesterday we reported the arrival of 37,000 syringes from Dubai, thanks to the Global Collaboration for Equitable Access to Vaccines, or COVAX. Now, you just don't go around sticking empty needles into people and call that vaccination. No, you have to have the appropriate medicines, and that is what is now on its way to the country. The Gambia's share of COVAX vaccines are expected to arrive Tonight, around 9 p.m., 
We can't get the health minister, Dr. Amadou Lamin Samate, on the program, but he will be at the airport to receive the consignment of over 20,000 vials or doses of the vaccine. There seems to be agreement that healthcare personnel should be first in line to receive the vaccine. These people include not just doctors and nurses, but also people like pharmacists, emergency responders, and staff at hospitals. Is that the understanding of Sana Bairo Dabo? He's the public relations officer of the Association of Gambian Nurses. Yeah, um, that is um, dependent on the Ministry of Health. Um, if the Ministry of Health um, confirmed that these vaccines should be, uh, people should be vaccinated for COVID-19, and then they confirm that it is something that is authentic and something that is good for the people to be vaccine, vaccinated, I think it is important that for each and every individual to um, receive the vaccine for the prevention of COVID-19, because we know how um, deadly and dangerous that COVID-19 is. So if people will receive the the, the, the vaccination. I think nurses will definitely be very also and also very important for nurses to receive this vaccine because we are always in contact with the patient and then we are always I mean, close to the patient at, all, at any given moment, particularly the COVID-19 patients, patients who are confirmed positive, both symptomatic and asymptomatic patients. Nurses are always with these people. So I think if the Minister of Health confirmed that this vaccine is in the country and they believe that this vaccine should be um, given to people, I really believe that my nurses also should be um, vaccinated so that it will help to prevent from them from COVID-19. That was Sana Bairo Dabo, the Public Relations Officer of the Association of Gambian Nurses. Now going back to last week's program and two text messages received from listeners asking about insurance. The first message was a complaint about a collapsed insurance company and premium, how premium holders were left not knowing where to turn to for redress. The second contribution from a certain grant was in respect of his or her son's involvement in a hit-and-run incident as a victim. Well, as promised, we have Mr. Dowder Sarge of Prime Insurance Company Limited, partners of West Coast Radio uh, to deal with um, both text messages. And I'm grateful to um, Banna Sabali for doing uh, the interview on my behalf. So here is Dada Saj of Prime Insurance Company Limited explaining. The insurance sector, too, just as anybody listening, is regulated. You know, uh, we have seminal laws that apparently are responsible for the administration supervision, regulation, and control of the sector. An act was promulgated in 2003, which is what we have as the seminal law for the sector. Regulation per se now is within the ambit of the Central Bank of the Gambia, but of course there are moves, it's very advanced as we speak, for a commission to be set up. Now, for motor insurance, there is also law you know, um, the Motor Vehicle Third Party Insurance Act of 1948 is what we have on the ground. Um, this is a law which is 72 years now. A lot of people perhaps don't even know about the law, but it exists. And um, some of us have been trying to see how this could be amended to be more, quote-unquote, 24th century, if you don't mind, so that it will rhyme and chime with the times. Because um, looking at that particular law, you realize that a lot of things are actually archaic or they need some form of um, revision. 
I believe that is where most of the problems that would emerge from the aspect of motor insurance could be seen. Because if a law is that old, certainly um, some legacy issues would be inherent. Coming to the question of uh, Mr. Grant, um, I think um, the example is a, you know, um, one that we always deal with as a sector because it's, to me, a case of a hit-and-run driver who cannot be identified. And I think the unfortunate thing is even if the police cannot trace such an individual, I think it makes it difficult for anybody because those guys, are, the police are the, the enforcers of the law. I mean, they will be in a better position to look for somebody who has actually caused wrong to someone and perhaps be held accountable for his wrongdoing. But all the same, I mean, if insurance is called to come into the same, I mean, who was the insurance company that insured the driver in the first place, we want to know. I mean, and that is a difficult question to answer. I know Uncle Grant was uh, uh, really, really irate, but I think the advice, advice given during the program should be um, a, a good one for that particular situation. Now, moving forward from a scenario like that, there are instances where in some jurisdictions a compensation, form is, compensation fund is set up. Um, locally, you might not find it in most of the jurisdictions, which are anglophone. But in some of the francophone jurisdictions, they have this automobile guarantee fund or compensation fund. In the brown card scheme, we have such funds because by, by, by protocol, they are to be set up. You know, locally here, we're trying to build that one because we think it's important for such cases, um, hit and particularly hit and run drivers, where victims will be left, you know, with anguish and they need some form of some support. They need some form of support. So we are saying if uh, uh, those things could be looked at in the law that would come, perhaps it could help victims like this because really an identified driver or a hit and run driver it will be difficult to, to sort of look out for whilst the victim, you know, will be suffering. So we think those are things that um, we can look at progressively as we move on. Um, the issue of uh, international insurance company, I think um, uh, the regulator here will be in a better position to handle such an issue. There are things we know, but um, uh, we do not have the authority to speak on that. I mean, I am an operator, so I think uh, the commissioner or the regulator should be in a better position to address that. I call him Alaji Daudasaj. He's the uh, MD at uh, Prime Insurance Company Limited. The full interview will be featured on a program his business sponsors. That's the business show with Therese Gomez tomorrow, right after uh, Coffee Time with uh, Peter Gomez, sponsored by Prime Insurance uh, Limited. So, um, yeah, uh, the, last week, um, Sankare, you were talking about um, how insurance companies um, usually are not there. When they are most needed. Order. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he seems to, uh, to a certain extent, agree that it's not automatic. We need to look at... Uh, you know, the insurance uh, law again all over. So this commissioner in charge of insurance at um, the uh, Central Bank of the Gambia, we're we still to establish who um, he or she is. 
Mm, no. uh, yeah. So we'll have to find out and uh, let them come and talk about insurance. Anyway, that was last week. So at least we are a bit informed and uh, we will be better informed tomorrow at half past eight. So if you've uh, no, not been a fan of the business show uh, so far, do endeavor to uh, listen to the program uh, tomorrow. Okay, I am going back to a message that was sent um, two weeks ago. Unfortunately, we never had time. What am I saying two weeks ago? Just last week, the 23rd of February. Is government thinking of auctioning off confiscated jamba and coke, that is cocaine, to big pharma or states in the U.S. that legalized uh, the sale of cannabinol products over the counter? This would come to help defray budget deficit here as happening in progressive U.S. states. I don't know whether you get the sense of what um, uh, the, 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 the sender is saying. Mm. Uh, rather than destroy this hall of, this huge hall of drugs, uh, can't the state just, the state, the government just sell this to um, certain states in the U.S. that legally purchase this to use for whatever reason? You're an American citizen. You should know which states have yeah. legalized, um, you know, the use of drugs. Without, well, it's called the recreational use of drugs without or medicinal about, use of drugs. Yeah, without going into that area, let's focus on Gambia. Uh, my interpretation of that uh, suggestion is that it would be utterly hypocritical of a government that criminalizes drugs to use those drugs and sell them. Essentially, the government is equally guilty of, you know, peddling drugs, this time on an international scale, yeah. compared to the local farmer who was just probably maybe selling these little, you know, bucks, yamba here yeah. and there, just for sustenance also, for his own subsistence. There's a, so, there's so, a nice reggae song called Ganja Farmer. Okay, Ganja Farmer, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we also call, people also call Nyamo. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, you agree with uh, Sankari on that one, Sila? 100%. Uh, uh. Congratulations, by the way. You have a new DG for GRTS. Mm. Thank Wh you. Whose decision was this, yours? Well, no, I mean, uh, the appointment to Director General Sips is actually the President. Oh. Yeah. All right. So he overlooked my uh, application. <laughs> I, 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 I put in an application, and Adama Barrow overlooked my application. No, you are too good to I stay am, at uh, West Coast. I am, I am holding my vote in my left hand. <laughs> uh, the best ministers in the world are not political appointee, can brief the public for as long as the Ibrahimers let us. No, I have no idea uh, what this message is all about. Okay, uh, we are going straight to your text messages. Uh, good morning. Um, this one says, again, will Nyofele benefit from the water link to Gunjur as the pipes run through the middle of the village? We think we should be considered. <coughs> Thank you. Nyofele? Well, I, um, I did not have any briefing from uh, the uh, director of NAWEC, uh, managing director of NAWEC on this, but I think uh, the reason why the pipes, the new pipes are laid to Gunjur is because uh, the quality of uh, the water 
mm. uh, is extremely compromised. And I think this was a matter of uh, a subject of uh, investigation by both Pura and uh, Nawek. And Nawek was uh, ordered to change the pipes and then ensure that uh, the quality of the water that is supplied, especially to the community in Gunjur, is, is improved to uh, the standard. Good morning, Peter. Could the government spokesman explain to the Gambians about the development on the container of drugs lying uh, in the country for months now? What's going on? What's the latest on the um, drugs haul, whether it's the cocaine, the ones before that, the one after that? I will, um, um, from this program, I will call the Director General and then find out. If, he, uh, if he's listening, he can send you a text message like the IGP does. What's the latest from him? IGP? Yeah. He's working very hard. I mean, apparently, <laughs> apparently some people are making, you know, a fortune out of either carjacking or just breaking into offices and stealing money. Apparently, there was, according to social media, another multi-million dollars grab somewhere in the URR. No, that is not true. Okay. The, the police commissioner has uh, reacted quickly by saying that uh, the reports that uh, there was another heist in Basse, mm -hmm. uh, huge money being stolen, uh, is actually false. So you, you understand, you know, some people have a motivation on social media uh, to always peddle false information to suggest, as they always say, that we are a bunch of loonies mm -hmm. who know nothing about governance. Okay, go ahead. You done? No, yeah, I'm done. Okay. Uh, good morning, Uncle Peter. I want to ask the Honorable Minister, why are health facilities without essential drugs, even paracetamol, a normal saline, when some people are using government vehicles for their personal use, including ambulances? That has to be scary if people use... Uh, ambulances for personal runs. I did mention here in a past program that um, mm. a former colleague of mine at Radio Gambia was caught, I mean, mm. illegally transporting Jamba mm. in, a, you know, in an ambulance, mm. sirens blaring. Mm. Probably, you know, somebody had tipped off the police at um, Denton Bridge because that's mm. where, you know, he was intercepted and caught. Yeah. So somebody's now saying that uh, ambulances are being used for personal runs. Well, I'm not aware of that, and uh, I hope uh, if this is true, the health authorities can investigate and then uh, put a stop to it. Um, but if the texter also has uh, evidence of it, probably, I mean, he can help us and then, you know, ensure that, you know, there is a complete stop to this. Yeah, In what fact, about the lack of drugs, essential drugs at uh, some of our health facilities? Well, um, I will have to talk to the uh, Honorable Minister of Health about this because the last time we spoke, um, the information that I got was that uh, there is no shortage of uh, many of the drugs that they need. Yes, uh, you know, yesterday, I mean, I had a lengthy conversation with uh, the uh, Director of Health Services and also um, the Permanent Secretary at the Ministry of uh, Health. There are two. Which one, which one of them? Uh, Mr. Jaite. Okay. Um, about this. Because Delphi uh, is also a permanent secretary. Yes, yes. About these reports that uh, there are shortages of, uh, or there is a shortage of uh, surgical, you know, gloves. 
in, in, in the country. Appar- is, apparently, I mean... This is somebody on the front line. This yes, is somebody yes. who is living it. I mean, he's the CEO of yes. a whole general hospital. The hospital, yes, yes. I mean, uh, they, they, they told me that uh, it is not actually the surgical gloves, but, uh, you know, because they have two types of uh, gloves, actually. Uh, one that is used for examination. That's the one that generally you see when you walk into... I mean, uh, health facility and then, you know, health yes. officers, no, I do understand. you know, will put that one I do on. Understand. So that one, there is a serious shortage of it. I mean, I, I was told because they, they've already ordered. And that, for, is, that is the first line. First line, that yes. That is where, you know, you would take the COVID now and mm. enter with it into the operating theater. In fact, that arguably is even more important than the surgical ones. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the reason being that, I mean, they have already paid for the service. They've ordered for 20000 boxes of uh, these gloves, you know, cartons of these gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, because of the COVID, the supplier could only deliver, I think, uh, less than 300, I mean, uh, boxes. But already... Not even 1,000 out of... Yes, out yes, of, yes. Because um, <laughs> uh, what they told me was that um, because of the disruption in the supply chain, especially from outside of this country, mm. I mean... Um, the materials could not arrive here on time. But the gentleman um, was summoned to the ministry yesterday, and in fact he promised that a substantial I mean, number of those uh, I mean, uh, goods will actually arrive in the country either before the end of this week or early next week. Mm. Yes. Okay. Hi, Uncle Peter. How are you with the two Ibrahimas? How are you, how are you gentlemen? <laughs> Speak for yourselves. We are eager to hear from him. Fantastic. <laughs> um, ask Silla for me. Um, if teachers are going to school from Monday to Saturday, shouldn't there be compensation? Um, and no double shift is paid since October. And other schools are going only for three days and are paid double shift allowance. How comes? Mm. So there are those that are doing six days, mm. no double shift allowance. Mm. Uh, those that are doing only three days and being paid double shift allowance. Shouldn't well, it have been the other way around? Well, um, because I don't have any information on this, but both the Honorable Minister of uh, Basic and Secondary Education and also he, you know, her permanent secretary are uh, keen listeners. Um, of this program. So I'll be very happy if one of them can reach out to yeah. me to explain this. Oh, they can call in oh, yeah. 446-1193. Only if you are either the Minister for Basic and Secondary Education or the Permanent Secretary for Basic and Secondary Education. Don't go running to your phone and say, oh, Muna, then call 446-1193. No, don't call that number. Only if you're a Minister for Basic and Secondary Education. Good morning, Uncle Peter. Sorry? How about the director? Can they call? Director of school, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I think I, I recognize the voice of um, uh, the Honorable Minister, definitely that of the Permanent Secretary. Okay. Anybody can call in now and pretend to be director of Manla Director. It's me, Director of Education. <laughs> and, then they, and then they go on and on and on about Adam Abaro. You don't yes. want that to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, good morning, Uncle Peter and the two Ibrahimers. Can you kindly ask them, whether the lockdown they announced on social media is something real. And if yes, can they explain how it will go on? I mean, who will be affected? Because some are rumoring about school closure. Thank you, Uncle Peter. This is uh, from uh, Mola. Let's start with you because the minister is... uh, In fact, if there's any announcement uh, from government, 
is usually done by you. So this lockdown, was it announced on social media? And uh, if yes, was it by you? So the, the person wants to know uh, more about the lockdown. But the minister knows very well, and you know, mm. that since the COVID, the emergence of COVID in this country, this country has never been in a state of lockdown. Mm. So nobody has insinuated, mm -hmm. announced, or predicted that there is going to be a lockdown. All we said was mm -hmm. permits for political activity, music events, festivals, and, and stuff like that are no longer going to be issued by the IGP. Subsequently, there will be a press statement that will come out with the detail outlining the new restrictions and the regulations therein. But nobody, nobody insinuated that Gambia is going to have a lockdown. Yeah, Hamad Bai is against it. says nobody is going to impose a lockdown. I like the way he talks. Nobody, nobody is who, going to impose a lockdown. Who said it? Hamad Ba. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the Minister of Tourism and Culture, who I understand is outside the country right now. Peter, ask Ibrahima. I have two, so which one? Uh, ask, ask Ibrahima what uh, is being done about the price of rice, oil, and everything. Well, I know that yesterday we spoke about uh, cement. Cement yes. currently retails mm, $300. at $300 per bag. Mm. Uh, one of the suppliers from Salam uh, Company, mm -hmm. uh, Mohammed uh, Silla, very nice uh, young man, uh, is saying that there's no reason to charge yeah. uh, $300 because they, they sell the bag uh, to these retailers, $250. Yeah. I mean, $25 you know, should be enough uh, profit because, yeah. um, I mean, even when they sold at uh, 275 they were still buying at 250. Why would they suddenly still be buying at 250 and now uh, take it up to uh, $300? But he's not talking about, well, mm. everything includes cement. Mm. What about rice and oil per se? What's being done about that? I know you're not the Minister of Trade. Mm. CD, if you happen to be listening, maybe you can call us like uh, you did the last time. No, I called him the last time. <laughs> well, you should try to call him this time. Well, um, I want to associate myself with uh, the statement he made here the last time. Although some new developments are actually happening, um, where his ministry and the Ministry of Finance, uh, I'm told, are looking at ways to uh, introduce some kind of innovation where they will support uh, local businesses to also go into, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, importing rice. Yeah. And yeah. Gambians to go into the yes. importation. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of you know, quitting my job and borrowing a lot of money. <laughs> Hopefully one of the banks will trust me. Mm. And my age, you know, the thing is, the older you are, the less likely you are to get a loan from the banks. Mm. You know? So if you and I went to the bank, they would likely give you a loan and not me. Because they would say, oh, no, Peter is closer to his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Than Ibrahim, you know. Uh, Sankare, nothing about, um, you know, uh, the escalating cost of living in this country? Uh, well, uh, the minister, I'm just texting the trade minister. Oh, okay. However, um, the, the, the cement, I have uh, a little, I have some little, maybe, not little, very important information. Oh. Because um, last week, mm -hmm. uh, the price of cement was so bad that people started calling. Uh, I, I hope that's not the minister calling. Let me announce the number you should call, Honorable Minister, 446-1193. as they say, nani nani waro, one one killing killing nine three. Kononto Saba. 
Isn't that 446-1093 in Mandinka? Yes. <laughs> People will still tell you they good, they good source. You just, try, you just try to Congo Sami, as the Akus would say. We have somebody on the line. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Honorable Minister. I knew you would call. Yeah. Um, yes, yesterday, yesterday we did the cement, as I, as I just announced, and uh, Mohammed was um, very clear that um, nobody should be selling cement at $300. Delicious. 275 uh, would make a lot of sense. But the question this morning is what is being done about um, the escalating prices of rice and oil and basic essentials? Uh, thank you very much once again. As we have uh, mentioned previously, uh, the price of these items have increased uh, across the board, and it's not just unique to Gambia. But notwithstanding that the increase in the price at the wholesale level is very minimal compared to the retail price surge. This is a phenomenon we have discovered, and we have called in the retailers, a segment of them. But the retail market is very heterogeneous, so it's a fragmented market as well. So we are looking at ways and means of increasing the supply base. That way the price can be, the retail price can be re reflective of the price at the wholesale level, including the incremental and normal profit at the retail end of the trade. Uh, the type of uh, retail we have in the economy is such that it's very discretionary. It varies from store to store, from seller to seller. And without uh, a cohesive uh, effort uh, of these retailers to understand that in business, particularly in a situation like this, normal profit is acceptable, but exorbitant profit or extortion is not right. Meanwhile, government and these tools can be deployed, but we are in a pandemic situation now and does not call for it at this stage the retailers to be reasonable in their profit uh, jacking and to trade as normal. There is no panic in the situation, there is adequate supply, and there is no cause to create a panic mode in the consumer mindset or to profit here. Uh, let me ask, uh, in your quest to increase the, the uh, domestic uh, supplier base, as you said, are you thinking of um, empowering Gambians to go into Importation of uh, basic essentials? Yes, we have been clamoring for this uh, since these uh, developments have started. And if you look at the segment of the importers, mm -hmm. very few Gambians are in this sector. I would like to become an importer. Would you, and would we you call on all uh, bona fide businessmen, particularly local and indigenous Gambians, to participate. Mm. If you look at the structure of the economy, it, is, it only makes sense that governments uh, enter this space because this is where, when there is growth, uh, the largest amount of allocation of a Gambian income goes towards this consumption category. Mm -hmm. So that means that the demand is always there. Okay. Yes, so absolutely. if you don't have Gambians there, the, 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 the multiplier effect of the profits from this sector will not be realized within the local economy. But mm. if Gambians are in this sector, once they have made the profit, the retained profit will be redeployed, they'll expand, they'll employ more people. Absolutely. So it has a positive circular effect Absolutely. On, on the whole economic Absolutely. system. Well, here is, we call for that. Here is one ready and willing Gambian to enter into that sector. How might um, your ministry and the Ministry of Finance support me? 
Well, uh, it, we, we will render support uh, to the extent that it is possible, and there are a range of tools uh, that can be deployed. This uh, at this stage so, uh, subject of review, but uh, it is a free market, and the support is, uh, for example, you have zero duty on rice at this stage, and duties on other commodities are not that prohibited for Gambians to enter this space. So the level of support is encouragement, and tools can be designed as they come on board and how we can support them. Okay. But it's an open market, and the government stands ready to support uh, all participants in the market, yeah. particularly the unrepresented local businesses. It's very sad that, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, there's no tax on importation of rice yet. As we speak, rice is at an unprecedentedly, um, you know, um, high price ever in the history of this country. My wife was just telling me two days ago that what they call Saddam was now close to 2,000, uh, 1,950. Looks like, looks like every week uh, $50 is added on to uh, the cost of it. This is the puzzling fact, because the wholesale prices have not been increasing yeah. at that level. Yeah. The increase in the wholesale prices, we monitor both the retail and the wholesale. Yeah. Uh, the increase in the wholesale has not exceeded 5%. Yeah. Can't, we just, so, can't we just roll back the clock for maybe one week, one month, and do a yaya jame? Just issue a decree pegging the price of um, rice to us. He did that successfully in the past. And um, yeah, in as much as that was against, uh, you know, the rule of law, uh, they made, you know, nobody criticized them except, of course, the importers and the retailers who were making a kill illegally. Yes, consumer welfare is, is of supreme importance to the government. Mm. But notwithstanding that we're mm. operating in a democracy and the, new, and the new dispensation does not call for those draconian measures. We are studying, we are nudging the retail sector, we are discussing with them. But like I said, uh, we have even re released a press release uh, last week or two informing them that the government has a range of tools that we can deploy. But we would rather not do those uh, on, uh, give them space to be able to manage uh, and operate on a business as normal. Yeah. But if this uh, trend continues, there are tools that we can use which may not be the draconian ones but may achieve the desired effect. At this stage, it's still a discussion point. It is still a negotiation that is ongoing. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. Telephone line is struggling. So, sorry, Honorable Minister. The lines are not uh, that cooperative. Uh, this morning, we lost Pap Sen uh, in similar fashion. What's happening to your telephone lines? You are the Minister for Communication Infrastructure. What's happening to the communication infrastructure? <laughs> well, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, there is nothing wrong with them. Probably, I mean, um, it could be your, I mean, uh, studio line. No, 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 nothing wrong uh, with it. Well, it's a Gamtel line. No, that's what it's I'm saying. It's mobile phone to, to... It could be, you know, because sometimes if the cable is not uh, good enough, the cable link in the studio... This is perfect. The, 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 the mixer... I had a hitch-free hitch interview. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's why I spilled into your time yeah. with, with the Honorable uh, James Thomas Gomez. Over 20 minutes, we mm. did not lose even the slightest breath. Uh, well, I mean, uh, let, let alone word. Then you need to probably pluck it off and pluck yeah. it in again. It always hits me. Sorry. About the current. Yeah, just go ahead and read it for me. Yeah. I also need help from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can take it from anywhere. 
<laughs> okay. Um, uh, talking about the uh, drugs, the, yeah, the no escalating prices yes. of basic commodities. Mm -hmm. It's a very well. This is a guy with a wealth of experience in this area. Anyway, mm -hmm. he said uh, it's not very difficult to manage. Anyway. It's he not said, difficult to manage. Yeah, he said, let's, oh. let us focus on re-export trade mm -hmm. and bring back the status quo bulk cargo importation type. But most importantly, IDGRA slash customs mm -hmm. and give consultancy. Okay. All right. Mm. Yeah, so give consultancy. Good morning, uh, Peter. Please ask any of the two Ibrahimas why social distancing is not being observed in public transportation uh, because the vans, buses, and taxis are always overcrowded and extremely too tight to breathe, especially the vans. Instead of uh, 10 passengers, um, they always... Modern technology. They um, always overload with 13 to 16 passengers just to make more money in total violation of the COVID-19 pandemic social distancing. In fact, I was in a van that was already... Um, filled up to capacity of 11. Then the driver stopped to pick up an additional three passengers from the Serekunda Hospital, one of whom was very sick. All three squeezed themselves in the seats that were already filled. If any of these three were infected, then almost all the people, almost uh, all the people would have been infected. In, you know, in short, why is social distancing not mm. being enforced? Well, sometimes also it will require, you know, cooperation mm -hmm. uh, from the uh, commercial drivers also, because as the texter was saying, this was not only about the COVID-19, you know, I mean, respecting the COVID-19 rules, but also that uh, the vehicle in itself was full, and he squeezed in three more people. And this is something that we see quite often, even before covid and I hope that uh, apart from the COVID issues, other safety rules can be respected. Yeah, but could the passengers um, not have refused? Uh? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. uh, and sometimes because some passengers also will be yeah, you know, I, in the car and then they see these things and they accept. You know, that is also another issue yeah, that I think we need to look at. Was the, was the text a passenger? I think, uh, yes, the way, he, yeah, the way it sounded. He was a passenger. Yeah, he was. I wear him. Yes. I would have walked out of that car, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, because my safety yeah. is, 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 is very important. Yeah. And he's texting because he's, he was concerned. I did yeah. it on Sunday, yeah, in mm. church, mm. because, um, I mean, okay, I mean, pews in my church, uh, you know, are allowed to take a maximum of three people. Mm. Uh, we already had four, I mean, you know, uh, given our size, it was okay, you know, there was... Uh, good distance between us. Somebody else came and wanted to squeeze in, and I said no, because I was sitting at the edge. And then he tried to go around the other side, and I said to the other guy, no, don't let, don't let her in. Unfortunately, a lady, you know, until the ushers came and took her to, um, you know, a less crowded, you know, uh, uh, pew. So people should assume personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, as you say, if I was in a car, and it's already full to capacity, Mm -hmm. License to carry 11 passengers, and I see there are 11 passengers. Not even a baby, you know, would be uh, mm. would be added to to the load. I Particularly think. when you see a very sick person, person. Yeah. a mm. sickly person exactly. being squeezed. Sick with what? Yeah, mm. we don't know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, good morning. Uh, please remind uh, the honourable minister about the Yuna Maria Makunda Road. He said he was going to find out. <laughs>
Well, you made a promise. So yes, I, 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 I just I just reminded you. Well, I mean, uh, interestingly, um, on 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 Monday, hmm. no, last last week, uh, Friday, uh, we had a political, you know, indoor political activity in that area, and I took that road uh, for the first time. Not under the tent at State House. This no, time. no, 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 no. This one is just a small gathering of our. Are those meetings still uh, taking place? Well, I mean, this is like I mean, ten, fifteen people gathering in a small place. I'm asking know. about the meetings under the tent at State House. Are they still <laughs> taking place? That's not for the matter for me to repeat. Oh. But, you know, I, yes, I, for the first time I, I took that road. I saw it. I think they are still working on it. Um, uh, yeah, apparently, this is the road that stops in the middle of nowhere. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, before, before Yuna. And my understanding is that they are still working on it. Mm. Yeah. Somebody just but because that area is it's like a closed area, so people have no choice. Motorists have no choice but to use the road that is still to be completed. Okay. Yes. Somebody texting in to say the mm. commissioner of insurance at the central bank is a certain Mr. Silla. Do you know him? No, <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> uh, good morning, Mr. Gomez. I want to ask the information minister about the Egypt project, about the post office. This mm. is Abubakar... Maimus Kamara. What, is, what about the Egypt uh, project about the post office? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Gambia Postal Service has actually signed an MOU mm -hmm. with uh, Egypt Post to uh, facilitate the e-commerce uh, platform mm -hmm. for, for the country. Mm -hmm. And this is going to revolutionize the uh, postal services mm -hmm. in the Gambia because, you know, the traditional work of the postal service you know, is 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 really changing now. Mm -hmm. People don't normally use, uh, you know, mails and things like that. We all use our emails or telephone or text messages. So now, what they are doing is to transform the post office into a very big grand warehouse, where you know, rather than people go to do their shoppings, you know, as we are seeing now in the Middle East, the post office will do that for you. But for that to happen, we need to have this uh, digital address system in the country, which we have started. We've completed Banjul already. We are discussing with KMC. And then if that pilot goes well, the KMC has already started naming the streets. And uh, if that is done and then, you know, we mapped all these addresses and the compounds, then, you know, we can scale it up. And then we are also working with the Ministry of uh, Regional Governments to start the cadastral mapping. So if start that... what? Cadastral mapping. What's that? It's a type of uh, digital uh, mapping system mm -hmm. that will identify each and every portion of a land mm -hmm. in the country, buildings, um, forest, and others, so that it can help government... And, and the to, word is cadastral. Yes, cadastral, yeah, so that we can, you know, properly manage our lands and also our physical addresses in, in the country. It helps a lot, you know, in terms of uh, development planning and also land use management. So, I mean, um, the GAMPOS will definitely play a critical role in this. We have already, I mean, uh, I mean uh, started the work. They've already got now, you know, the uh, credit card, no, the, the, the debit card for, you know, the, 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 the company, so that, you know, if you are on that, uh, I mean, uh, system, all what you need to do, you can use your mobile phone to pay for the service that is delivered, and then, you know, things are, you know, Fantastic. directly delivered to you. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Uh, good morning, Peter. Could the Honorable Minister urge the Gamsel Board to finalize modalities for Gamsel to access financing for its expansion program? Government has given approval to borrow, but the mm. board is still dragging unnecessarily. We need action. Why is the board dragging unnecessarily? No, the, bo the, board, the board was not dragging. They put in some due diligence measures um, for the use of uh, the money. I am happy to say that uh, last Friday the board met and approved the uh, spending plan oh. because this is what was uh, being, I mean, uh, asked. And also the Gamtel management actually provided a comprehensive, I mean, uh, spending plan. And this would include, you know, buying some uh, uh, properties or lands for the extension of their uh, towers because they will need probably 80 new towers across the country. And in some of these places, you don't want to be, you know, renting the land or paying for the rent fee annually. So what they will need to do is to negotiate with the landowners in some of these places to buy these lands and build the towers there. And then each of these towers will also have power plant where, you know, the either use uh, the um, um, solar, solar yeah. or, you know, you will have to have electricity there. And sometimes because of the sensitive nature of some of these things, you will need to have a small place for a watchman. Yeah, but what do you, you, know? need? What so, do you need standby power when you people are promising us that by 2025, you know, we will take power for granted. It won't be luxury anymore. Yeah, but, you know, you, if, because uh, in technology, you cannot just be 100% sure that, you know, things will work the way you want. I, so wonder, you, you, I wonder how many installations in... Uh, UK or America have standby generators. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but because we are a developing country, sometimes you need. We may not need standby generators, but we will. Each of the, you know, I mean, towers will definitely have um, a solar, a solar, a solar. I mean, uh, Connect connectivity. Connectivity, yes. Can your guests confirm rumours of the withdrawal of the police security of the former VP and UDP leader? If the rumors are true, can they explain the decision? Come clean, guys. Have you taken away uh, security from lawyer Hussein Udabo? And why, if yes? Well, I only saw this on uh, Facebook. But uh, what I saw this morning was that uh, it was not only Hussein uh, Udabo. Who so it, saw is, it is a yes? Well, I, I, I cannot confirm it yet because I only saw it on Facebook. But I, I also read in the same Facebook report that even former Vice President Tambajang um, uh, and also Isatun Jaisedi, their security, you know, were also withdrawn. This is what I was. This is what I read. I don't do this. No, well, I don't know why. I mean, because sometimes mm. social media, we have to be careful. Mm. You know, the people who are saying these things, maybe. I mean, I don't know. But I will. I think we can uh, talk to the IG to mm. tell us. The yeah. details about IG, this. get on the keyboards again and uh, text your friend. You know, they all have, um, you know, special friends. You have the MD of Nawek. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, well, that's the truth. You, you have, but yeah. and, and, no. and I have jobs. No, I have, I have, we, to, we, I have to defend the minister. The MD of Nawek is, is closer to you than, than all of us. The MD of Nawek is your buddy. That one, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so, no. I have, I have Usman Jubate. <laughs> yeah, you just... That's your friend. Okay, uh, let's go on with your text messages. Um, 
This one says, I visited a family member on Sunday morning at EFSTH. Uh, for those of you who are non-Gambian, Edward Francis Small Teaching Hospital at the children's wing. Whilst I was seated and chatting with her there, there was a lady who was waiting for the lab technician for hours. And when he appeared, he was told by the security that the lady with the child has been waiting for him uh, for long. His reply was, let her wait for me because I lost my laptop. Amazing. This can only happen in the Gambia. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm out of words now. If, if, you, if you were this guy's boss, how would you deal with him? Well, um, I think this is un unacceptable. I mean, uh, you have a young child, they are sick, waiting to be attended to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think really, I mean, uh, we will, I will deal with it in a manner that actually, I mean, befits the right approach. Mm -hmm. I mean, either suspend or, you know, actually, you know, caution. The yeah, person. but the, these things Seriously. do happen. No, they know, do, they do. And, you know, last week, you know, the text that you sent yeah. me, and, you know, yeah, it's Peter, quite I think, unfortunate. Uh, I think yeah. um, my own uh, assessment mm. of the situation in the Gambia mm. is that this is not actually confined to the hospitals. Yeah. And I'm, oh, being, yeah. I'm being quite honest. Mm. Mm. Across, mm. The, across the board, yeah. Yeah. almost all institutions in mm. the Gambia, yeah. whether private or public, are actually suffering from this malaise. And I think it is high time that uh, both private and public institutions, you know, began actually training people in customer service skills. Yeah. Gambians go to school, they graduate with distinctions. Yeah. Most of the time, that's what they're worried about. Man, marginal force, marginal force. It's great mm. to have force, mm. but it's also it's great to have force in your attitude, uh, the, the way you deal with people. You know, true. It it, mm. it is it is shocking. I, I mean, I some agree. some of this <clears throat> stuff I see. You know, you know, on a daily basis, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I mean, but then, and, and in the end, if you want to be like a complainant like me, mm -hmm. eventually you end up being everybody's enemy. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they don't see you as trying to help this country to, to take off mm -hmm. and be a better place to be. Instead, they see you as somebody who is trying to create problems for them, their employment and all that. And on the subject of health, uh, good morning. My issue is why would they increase the doctor's salaries and allowances when we still have shortage of medicines and good equipment in our hospitals. What's the government doing to improve facilities in our hospitals? So this allowance increment and uh, pay does not, so this allowance increment makes sense. Um, we have to deliver good service. Well, these things, they, they coexist. I mean, um, for you to also have, uh, you know, good delivery of services, you also need highly motivated staff. Sure. Um, so increasing allowances for doctors probably is not a bad idea. Um, <clears throat> but um, for the information of uh, the texter, mm. I can tell him that um, the government places uh, an important priority, I mean, uh, on health and health issues. Mm. Um, year in, year out, we, 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 we allocate good budget to them, mm. I mean, uh, based on uh, what the country can afford. All right. We're running out of time, so let's be very... Uh, brief in our answers. I was expecting this kind of uh, text message. Peter, why is the spokesman delaying the lockdown to the 8th of this month? Is it because the NPP has to complete 
uh, it's planned meeting in URR. The spokesman, why are you delaying the lockdown? Yeah, before that, Peter, I, I just have a very brief text uh, from the Director General of the Drug Squad. Mm -hmm. um, well, you need, you need your lenses. Yeah. Yes. Well, Lamin Gassama, he said, uh, investigation still in progress and Banta Keta still at large. Oh, that's... So that's the... Okay. That's why, why are you delaying the lockdown? That's what's the text I'm wondering. Peter, about. I have just told you we have never had a lockdown. Yeah. We didn't say we we're going to have a lockdown. Okay. So the lockdown maybe is his own making, mm. you know. But Gambia never had a lockdown, okay. and we have no plans for a lockdown. All right. Just, 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 just to repeat for his information, what uh, March the 8th, which is next Monday, uh, going to involve? But on March the 8th, yes. He cannot go and organize political meetings. Okay. <laughs> March the 8th, yes. he has to wear a face mask. Yes. March the 8th, yes. he has to observe social distancing. Yes. March the 8th, he's supposed to wash his hands. Mm. <laughs> okay. March right. the 8th, there cannot be any musical jamboree at the, at the independent stadium. Yeah. Yeah. There cannot, Peter Gomez cannot go and launch a new album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's important to, uh, to make this clear because I was asked by uh, a worried worshipper, whether the churches, because she was Christian, were mm. going to be, you know, shut again. Um, I'm sure equally there are Muslims who are worried about, um, you know, uh, mosques being... And Ramadan and, and all that. And all of that, exactly. And, and Easter and all yes. uh, However, um, the vice president mm -hmm. is the chairperson of the COVID... Vice conference. president, mm -hmm. call in. You've never called into the show. Mm -hmm. Yo, but she, she is very receptive to phone calls. Mm -hmm. yeah, let her call. Let, 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 let her show me that she is receptive to phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can step out and ask her to call no, you. No, no. Well, we're running out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> but anyway. No, go ahead, yes. But, uh, but anyway, under on the, on the high chairman, yeah. uh, chairmanship. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Chairwomanship. Uh, well, if you want to be politically correct, yeah. But chairmanship is correct anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I call the, uh, the, the, the head of BCC, not Mayor Ress. Mayor. Mayor. Mm. Yeah, uh, but uh, Peter, it, it is well talking about that English language. No, no, no. <laughs> stay on no, course. I have stay, never. Stay I have never. No, I, I'm on course. It, I have never, uh, in my in my in, in in the Western world, mm -hmm. had a woman male called mm -hmm. mayors. Mm -hmm. Male is always mm -hmm. male. Yeah. In the Gambia, they want to be politically correct. What we were taught. Yeah. The mayoress is the wife of the mayor. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I. Yes. That's, but, that's that's how I, that's how I was taught the language. So yeah, don't but, blame me. Yeah, you yeah. know what, what, what your mayoress today means means something different to me. Yes, for so instance, I, so for I, I, would, I would say mayoress, I would say mayor, and then Bana would go mayoress. <laughs> say, is it one yeah, the, the, the mayor, the mayor of Serekunda yeah. or KMC, the wife is the mayoress. Yeah, mayoress, exactly. Mm -hmm. However, yeah. however, yeah. English language has evolved. In English, is also correct. That's what I'm saying. Yes. That's today's generation, they yeah. are accommodating. The more people use, yeah. that's why there are borrowings from India, which. Mm -hmm. Originally, they were wrong, but because you have more Indians yeah. using the English language than you have um, uh, English people, Australians, and Americans put together, they thought, well, if more people understand it this way, then let's use it that way. Mm. Yeah, like you go into Nigeria and they, say you, they tell you annoyance. And, and they're severally. Delayance. Mm -hmm. And severally. Mm -hmm. yeah, but delayance is from English. Anyway. Delayance, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> annoyance is okay. Anyway, delayance. Peter. So, Good morning, Peter. Oh, okay. So, yes, so, 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 honestly, hopefully, 
the minister is here, he sits on that committee too. Mm -hmm. We are hoping against all hopes, mm -hmm. but at least by Thursday, mm -hmm. we should be able to come out with a statement. Mm -hmm. The modalities are still being worked out mm -hmm. by the Ministry of Health Quality. and the Ministry of, of Justice. Yeah. Yes. You know, people who sell in the market are also worried. I mean, the Secretary General of Serakunda uh, Market Association gave us an interview. Um, they are just waiting to hear what government has up its Even the boys who brew attire in my street corner ask mm. me if you're going to... Yeah, ban that. <laughs> no attire brewing. Ban it. <laughs> just joking. Uh, good morning, Uncle Peter. Can you please ask Honorable Minister Sankare about mm. the insurance policies of the Gambia? Because we are paying for nothing in return. The Honorable Minister here is Ibrahim Asila, <laughs> and he has, he has a wealth of experience <laughs> dealing with insurance companies in Ghana, in Senegal, in Nigeria. So, Minister, can you help this guy? I thought, Peter, the insurance guy is coming here yes, next week. Definitely. Uh, he'll be on tomorrow, so you should listen to we the refer him to. So, there will be yes. an insurance expert from that, the Central that, Bank of the Gambia. That, yes. that will, will, will push against this, bank, this one. Uh, people are not paying insurance for nothing, he would say, I'm sure. Yes. Why the space-wide contract is still dragging for implementation? No, the, the, the implementation is on. In fact, uh, currently they have uh, started the base stations. Um, the uh, site surveys were completed. The information was submitted to Gamtel, uh, Gamsel, and uh, they have brought in the... Uh, pilot base stations so that, you know, I mean, you look, because this is 4G across the country, so they look at how that will respond with the ecosystem. Okay. So that one, and they are also bringing in the new uh, data center mm. for Gamsel, which was, in fact, not part of uh, the contract. But because this is heavy data-driven, you want to make sure that uh, you have a completely new data center that okay. can take care of that. Good morning, Uncle Peter. Yeah. I have enormous concerns regarding the state of the country, but let's focus on this minor issue. The state of the GRTS building is horrible. The building hasn't been painted for ages. Yes. Kindly ask the minister to get the building painted. That shouldn't mm. be difficult, I guess. I can assure you this is not coming from your new DG Malik Jeng. This is not from him. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the... Uh, that this is, the work is ongoing because uh, they finished uh, the painting of uh, mile 7 and the next one will be the GRTS headquarters. But because, you know, that building, you know, was specifically designed mm -hmm. and the, the, the people who did the design actually are here. So whatever minor changes you want to do uh, to that building, you have to bring them in to explain to you because uh, you can do certain things and then you see some leaks, leakage coming all over, you know. So, but yes, I mean, I can tell you that uh, the, the plans are on. I hope that uh, maybe in the next two months the work will start. That's what I was told. Hello, mm. Peter. My name is Kadi Baji, wife of Mr. Isaac, the principal of model um, school, Busumbala, who was removed by Mopse, and his salary was stopped for seven years. Now he's at home without any salary. He did not commit any crime. My family is suffering. They are punishing a man uh, who did um, nothing wrong. Help us, Mr. President. Okay. Hmm. Well, somebody will play the program back to Mr. President, and uh, hopefully he will do something. Or will you convey? Is matter, Sorry? Minister, is this a matter before the court? Yeah, it's, it's, the matter is before the, the court. Is a, you know, it's, yeah. it's in the court. So exactly. Okay. Hmm. Uh, finally, definitely finally on this one. Uh, good morning, Uncle Peter. Kindly ask them when 
Brickhammer is going to have Wi-Fi? Or was it just politics? Say whatever you want and move on. Well, I've been... So uh, this was your president, my president, every Gambian's president, that hmm. Brickhammer was going to have uh, free Wi-Fi? Well, I know that uh, under the new uh, project, I mean, uh, we'll have uh, cheaper Wi-Fi across the country. But and not, not, will not, be included. Not, free, not free Wi-Fi? Well, I mean, uh, in future, that could be possible. Was that not what was promised? Um, because, was that not what was well, promised that, in the first place? Well, you see, I mean, uh, a project was being initiated, you know, um, to have... Uh, free Wi-Fi in certain locations. Including Brikama. We are focusing in, on Including Brikama yeah, so and happened, also, what happened and also street lights. But unfortunately, I'm told that uh, that project uh, did not kick off. What was wrong with announcing it when you were told that this project would not uh, kick off? What was wrong with announcing it then? No, but it was announced. It's just that, you know, some people are still insisting it because of political where? reasons. And when? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I, when I went to Brikama uh -huh. um, last year, when we had our political meeting there, I stood there to say that that project um, was dead had, and buried. Well, it had um, uh, some challenges. And then, you know, a Gambian also came in to work with Gamtel to have what they call cheaper Wi-Fi across the country. But no, no. the equipment that they brought into the country, hold on, we you know, they installed in different parts, you know, parts of the country, but their, you know, equipment could not interface with those of uh, our, our, our broadband infrastructure mm. that actually stalled that project. Guys, yes. sorry. Peter, yeah, yeah. Uh, just an important update uh, about the orderlies yes. vice, former vice presidents. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> it's across the board, actually. Uh -huh. Not only former vice presidents, but, but all advisors, all presidential advisors, oh. have their orderlies also withdrawn. withdrawn. Okay. But he has his orderly. As a minister. Yeah, he's a minister, yeah. 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 You have mm -hmm. your orderly as government spokesman. Yeah. Yeah. So who's, who's giving me an orderly? I can, I can spare <laughs> you. <Okay. one. laughs> I, I can be borrowing yours from time to time. Peter, I can be your orderly. <laughs> I walk the streets. Gentlemen, thank you so very much for coming. You've been listening to Coffee Time with Peter Gomez. Thank you very much for listening.